stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. It is showtime. Hey, 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 welcome to the show, the Brave Maker Show Live. My name is Tony Gapastone. My pronouns are he, him, his. I am a writer and a director and occasionally an actor. I am in the Bay Area, specifically Redwood City. And to be inclusive, we always like to communicate our visuals. And so today I'm wearing, I don't know what's going on, I'm wearing my green Brave Maker hat, my glasses. I got a scarf on. I have this uh, fuzzy corduroy jacket on in my studio that's got a bunch of blue and pink stuff. So it is happening today. I feel like I'm a lot, but I'm no more a lot than my beautiful, wonderful co-host and co-partner in collaboration and creativity, Christina Ray Jackson. Uh, she's muted. Come on. Get that mute off. Like, I promise I've done this before. <laughs> yeah, you're not too much. You're just enough. You know, I'm always uh, extra. I've got the Wakanda uh, costume on today. Uh, my name is Christina Ray Jackson. I'm an actor, comic book writer, and singer here in the Bay Area. I'm coming to you from my Dublin studio in California, which is about 30 minutes east of California and of San Francisco. Yeah, I've, uh, I, you know, Robin's Let's birthday go. was last night and I've had a little champagne. So we'll okay. just look at that and, okay, and no keep problem. going. Afternoon uh, champagne, morning champagne. It's all good. Morning it's champagne, good. you know, mimosas. We got to keep the party going. Uh, Christina, yeah, so. you were also recording last night, too. This is the life. Yes, this is the Brave Maker life. We she was in the recording studio last night for the music video that we just shot a couple weeks ago. Yes. We got lots of plates to spin in. We do. Lots it's of plates. <laughs> and it's really exciting. Um, uh, yeah, so we're at we're in Redwood City last night at Templo Studio. Shout out to Templo. They're awesome over there. And I brought little sister with me and she turned the big 35 last night. So we were uh, turning up and recording and having a good time. And let me get back to where, where was I? My pronouns, he, she, they, I'm queer. I'm an African-American woman and uh, I've got some wild brown curly hair. And um, yeah, Tony, let, let's jump in. I'll go back to you. Let's jump in. So Brave Maker is all about elevating brave stories for justice, diversity, and inclusion. So if you're listening or watching live or on the replay on the podcast or YouTube, we want you to know we believe in your work and we hope to elevate and inspire you to keep going. That's why we start our show before we bring our special mm -hmm. guests in. We start our show every week with this one question. How are you braving your way toward your creative goals? So we're trying to model this ourselves to be intentional, to go after our dreams as well as whatever creative project we're working on and hope you can chime in too. So, uh, Christina, how are you braving your way this week? Oh, it felt so good telling I finally published my website. ChristinaJackson.com is live. Check it out. Uh, give me some feedback. I, uh, shared it with my parents. They're like the number one, like I got to run it by them. What do you think? And you know what? They didn't love all of it. <laughs> they really did it. They didn't love they didn't all of love, it. Okay. They I did checked it. it out and I want to give okay. you some feedback too. I love you're freaking you. beautiful. You're freaking beautiful. The word beautiful can be so cliche at times, but you are striking. You have such a freaking amazing look. And so that is the way you're leading you. on the website. That's super important. I definitely think some of the the text and other things we can help, you know, get more creative and clean up and yes. make it more simple. Let but me know. I, I love it. I'm down with it. Yeah. Check it Thank out, everybody. You. Christina Jackson.com. Give her some feedback. Yes. Give her some love on the Instas love. as well. 
Yeah, okay. and all my cosplay is up here, so that's really cool. And I'm gonna announce my comic book release. Uh, that's gonna come up in a couple of weeks. I'm super excited about that. Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty happy with it. But yeah, there's definitely some things my parents told me to tweak and change, including Tony. You like this? My new Under the Track series. They weren't a huge fan. <laughs> <They> were- <laughs> Okay, hey, art is subjective. That's okay. Mom and pops, it's okay. But yeah, I think there's some, you know, get some, get the hive mind going. What's everybody else thinking and saying? You know, do you need to have all that stuff? Your freaking cosplay, you know, I'm a huge fan of yours and all of your freaking looks. I'm so jealous that I can't pull off what you can. But I think that is a huge piece of your brand. This is like so amazing. And other people are going to start doing this too because you're doing it. It's so cool. So keep, yeah, you, you braved your way in this one. It looks good, I think. Yes. Oh, thank you, Tony. So I'll throw it back to you. How are you braving your way this week? Okay. So yeah, you know, I'm making this new film. I feel really good. I, you know, Christina is going to be in it starring in this new film. So I'm writing some stuff and I'm putting characters together and, and putting the arc together. So I just put all the note cards. I got about 30 different note cards on my bulletin board. You know, when I put it on the bulletin board, that's a big deal. And so I feel as if I should be starting to write pretty soon. I got a really good outline. And then second, I am uh, looking for financing. So I reached out to a couple donors. I, I reached out to personal friends of mine. It's so hard to do, but I'm trying to change my mindset on money. Hey, I want to offer you a gift to partner with me mm-hmm. to make something beautiful that's going to not only empower and hire actors and talented people of all kinds, but also it's going to do good in the world. You want in? So that's kind of how I've been leading. You know, we love talking about money on the show. Yeah, we do. You need, yeah, money, we do. You need some money to make some stuff. Not always, yep. but you need some money, right? All right, so that's how I was braving my way. Let us know how you're braving your way. You can send us uh, the tweets, the loves, the instas. We're all over on social medias. You know where to find us, as well as BraveMaker.org, our main platform. Or if you want a good old email, just email podcast at BraveMaker.com. All right, let's bring in our special guest. We got a whole slew of talented people that are waiting in our virtual green room. Yeah. They have just released... Uh, a new film that Christine and I both got to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw it at its premiere in San Francisco. It's called Girl in Golden Gate Park. Let's welcome the mm-hmm. team. We'll first bring on yeah. the writer, director, producer, as well as uh, editors extraordinaire, JP <laughs> Allen and Kathy Montosa. We'll start with you before we bring in the rest of your team. Welcome. Awesome. Welcome. Hey, welcome. Thank you. Uh, we want some of that champagne, please. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> we'll I drank it off. <laughs> we got a bottle here. We're going to open it up soon. We didn't know. Hey, pop it up. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, okay, let's jump in. Uh, we want to know about the story, but first, I'm a huge fan of origin stories. I'm a comic book writer, so we want to hear your origin story. Where were you born and raised, and how has your journey uniquely prepared you for the work you're doing today? Um, I was born and raised in Texas, uh, North Texas, and I uh, came out to California about when I was about 21. I went to the University of Texas in the uh, acting program, the drama program. Then I went to Cal Arts in the acting program. Then I made my way up to San Francisco in the uh, a screenwriting program. And, um, you know, I, I think probably the most influential thing in my uh, creative process is probably just my father, who was a an inventor, uh, a mechanical inventor in various types of engines and so forth. And that had a big influence on me. <laughs> Did that I love that. <laughs> it, yeah, that answers it. We usually ask, are you a first or 
second generation filmmaker. But we never asked, what do your parents do? Because even if your parents weren't filmmakers, what they do definitely influences what you're doing now. So that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I my dad had a huge influence. And he was he was uh, an inventor from a very early age, inventing little mechanical devices when he was living alone as a as a young man. Uh, and then uh, I just watched him do it my whole life. I had a, a big workshop where he was creating things. It was very uh, very cool to be around. And he had no, he had no <laughs> no knowledge of filmmaking whatsoever. And uh, you know, that was fine. You know, we got along great <laughs> regardless of that. But he did build me one time when I was a kid. He built me a um, dark room when I first expressed interest in photography. What a dad. Inspiring yeah. and encouraging the arts. I love that. I love when I hear parents doing that. What about you, Kathy? Um, I grew up in Winters, which is right by Davis. It's a little farm community. So, um, and then I moved to santa rosa north bay um right out of high school and from there i moved to san francisco i went to nursing school um, i worked it with developmentally disabled people for since i was a young girl and i went to from there i went as uh, to nursing school and i would say that nursing kind of triages <laughs> it's triaging so it kind of leads me into this i've always loved school I've always loved storytelling and there's so many stories. And when I met JP, I work as a, a psych nurse instructor. It's sort of triaging nurse. Everything goes into um, being a producer on a film and also being able to express my creative part of it and work with JP on that. So it's been great. So it's both. I get to do both. I love the analogy of you're a triage nurse and you're also telling stories through film because, man, it feels bloody at times. It feels like you're, you're no, we're talking blood. About. Oh, oh yes, yes. I thought this right. makes sense. I got to figure out what the most important thing is here right now. <laughs> yeah. So. so you two are our production partners, your life partners as well, which that kind of works out well for you. You can do all the pre-production stuff, you know, while you're eating breakfast and doing chores and watching, you know, that's, that's a, a perk. Uh, before we bring in your talented cast and crew, uh, talk about the di dynamic of that. Like, how does it work with you two? You know, you both, you're, you're a producer, Kathy, JP, you do a lot of the other stuff. How does that, the ins and outs of that relationship work and the benefits of it. Also maybe the, some of the, the cons of being in a relationship with your, your creative partner. Well, for me there, I have not experienced any negative aspects to it really because Kathy and I have, the nursing thing is more significant than you imagine because her understanding of human nature is at the kind of the core of her experience. And so in telling stories, and by the way, she's also a, uh, a writer in other areas, but uh, her, it's at her very core to be dealing with human nature. And that's what we're trying to do in stories, of course. Mm -hmm. So the minute we started uh, working together uh, and collaborating, it was just a very natural fit for us. And uh, we, you know, we have our glasses of champagne and talk about the script and, the, and develop things together. Uh, it's been very positive. Uh, and uh, I hope she feels the same. <laughs> I do, except for sometimes it goes till four o'clock in the morning where we're talking about <laughs> and working out problems and stuff. And it's like, how did it get to be 4 a.m.? I go to bed way before this. And yeah, you usually get up at 4 a.m. <laughs> I did this morning. <laughs> yeah. 
but Kathy, are you having to wear the onset medic hat as well as the producer hat then? Well, if things happen, I would imagine <laughs> when somebody falls down, like I'll just watch for a second and not try not to jump. <laughs> Nothing really bad has happened so far. Thank God. I'm going to knock on wood. That's great. All right. Well, we're really stoked to meet your cast and crew. And before we do that, mm -hmm. uh, let's take a watch of the uh, trailer to this new film that can be found on Amazon right uh, Amazon.com right now called Girl mm -hmm. in Golden Gate Park. Here we go. Oop, did we not get sound there? Stand by. Hold on. Hold on. I do what I do. Hold on. All right. What you do is limited. I have something better. You want someone to save you from all your bad behavior. It's just great to see you. I really admire what you've done with tech and development. I'm making progress. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. It is a pleasure to be here. The main lesson I've learned in business is this. It's like... The things I care about are taken away little by little. But it's opportunity. This is gold rush time. And I found drugs in your car. My car? Is that what this is about? All right. Well, why don't you introduce your cast as well as your DP that are here with us? Let's bring them on in. First of all, here we go. Your star. Welcome, Kim. Uh oh, do we have uh, we sorry, we were, JP and Kathy, you're muted. Go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Sorry about that. Go ahead, Kim. You're on now. Oh, was I muted? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hi. Hi. Nice to see you guys. Thanks for having us today. Absolutely. Yeah. This is so exciting. And really Allison Ewing, who also stars in the film. Welcome, Allison. Welcome, Friend of Allison. Brave Maker. Mm -hmm. Yes. We're so stoked. Hi, guys. Hi, Allison. <laughs> All right. And then DP, Daniel Tashira Gomes. Welcome, Daniel. Hi, Dan. All right, I'm going to turn it over to Christina since we've got a good crew of people here to facilitate our questions here. Go ahead, Christina. Yes, I'm going to throw out the same question. And let's start with Kim. Uh, where were you born and raised? And how has your journey uniquely prepared you for the work you're doing now? And are you doing more than acting? Are you also an actor, writer, singer? We'd love to know. Wow. <laughs> Um, well, first, I, uh, I, I lived, I was born in a small village outside of Hong Kong, and I lived there for the first seven years of my life. And then uh, we moved to this country, and I grew up in San Francisco um, for the rest of that time, mostly, um, and also living in a cowboy country in, in Oregon for some time in parts of my childhood as well. <laughs> um and uh, what was the other question? Oh, how did my how how did all this experience prepare me for today? Yes. 
Wow. I just, God, that's such a big question to start. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think everything, every single thing that happened in my life is, is, has been completely influential in, in every part of the work that I do. And even in my, you know, everyday life, it's just, it's uh, benefits me as an artist. Cause you know, I can draw from every shitty thing that's ever happened to me, every fantastic thing that's ever happened to me, I can draw on that. So I, I'm really thankful for, for, for having had a, it's kind of a really rich uh, childhood growing up. And also my dad is a professional painter and he's always inspired me to be a, a an artist. And I just couldn't imagine having a life not being an artist because I was grew up watching him painting, you know, you know, coming home from work and then painting till like two in the morning, you know, every night. And that sort of passion and dedication have always sort of stuck with me for for all of my life. So that's definitely an inspiration, just like what JP was saying about his dad. And it was like, oh, this made me think about my dad. Um yeah, I think I've answered your question. What, what else was <laughs> <laughs> There's so much. Yeah. Your social security Wait. number and credit cards. Are okay. <laughs> in the, chat. Uh, the first time I had sex. Um, no. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> Let's go around, everybody. <laughs> uh, I think I've answered yes. your question. I was a shit, right? Yeah. It's, you definitely answered the question. You. I love what you said about using your shitty and fantastic experiences and bringing that to the work you do. Because I really feel like this film married both of those ideas so well. Really shitty things going on, but also really amazing things going on in this film. So I, I like the usage of both. And let's throw the question Thank over you. to Allison. All right, Allison, where were you born and raised? And how has your journey uniquely prepared you for the work you're doing today? I grew up in San Diego and I came to San Francisco a couple of times for uh, the last and, you know, maybe most permanent time uh, in 2010. And I acted when I was really young, like high school and a couple years, uh, maybe a couple years in college. And I, um, I had some raw talent there, but n no training whatsoever. And I was thrown into the deep end and I, uh, I was crashing and burning and, and also uh, getting really close to some crazy opportunities, but I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. I, I wasn't um, mature enough or loved myself enough. And uh, so I, I ran running, screaming and running. And then I lived for a really long time, uh, 20, 20 years or so. And then I started taking acting classes again. I, uh, I'd shut that part of my life out completely. Um, and I just, I recognized the void and started studying just for myself. And I really found it to be a therapy. And, and then uh, just a few years ago, um, the woman who runs my school uh, is a manager and invited me to start auditioning and, and now uh, I'm doing this as a as a part time hobby and and, and growing more and more uh, in terms of the the bandwidth and the energy that I'm spending on it. But I think that um, having that time away and the life that I led and uh, yes, all the complexity and the the hard things, but also the things that had nothing to do with acting um, are what I got to bring to it and a little more self love and you know still working on that. But it definitely uh, way more than I had when I was a kid. I just wasn't. Wasn't, wasn't, couldn't handle it, you know? I love how uh -huh. you and Kim are both expressing how your life experiences, not all of them so great, you're now able to use that, you know, as an actor and putting that into the film. And the characters that you guys brought to life in this film were so nuanced and so vulnerable and so real. 
I definitely could see that coming across through the stories. I, I love these characters, by the way. I don't think I've seen, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think I've seen characters quite like this ever before. The story is so fresh. Before we get into more of that, we're going to go over to Daniel. Throw that question over Thank to you. Daniel. Uh, where were you born and raised, and how has your journey uniquely prepared you for the work you're doing today? So, uh, born in the north of England in a city called Sheffield. Uh, if you've seen the film The Full Monty, uh, then you've seen a bit of that city. Um, yeah. um, and uh, family moved uh, gradually south in England until I took uh, the final leap and uh, left the UK completely and uh, got to San Francisco via Australia. Um, so if you're hearing a bit of a weird accent, it's a little uh-huh. bit, uh, you know, north of England, a little Australian uh, that still hangs around. It's wild. And then uh, been like 26 years in the US, so it's cut a lot of other bits in there as well. Uh, and how did uh, how did that one influence me to get into film stuff? Um, I've, oh, as far as I can remember, I've been fascinated with um, visual stuff. Um, I uh, originally, was, uh, early on, was involved in theatre uh, through school stuff and did the school magazine's comic strip for years. Um, and then uh, somehow got hold of a camera and then started getting really fascinated with um taking photographs and um the framing of the image and how powerful that was the choices that were made in framing up an image became really um really kind of obsessive thing for me for a long time uh, at age 13 i managed to convince the school to buy a video camera and uh and then embarked on a, a, a school tv project for a few years until I went off to university. Uh, that's what got me into the moving image side of things. So, uh, yeah. And outside of that, I'm just, uh, everywhere I go has in, uh, just inspires me visually. That's one of the things that first strikes me of a place is the, it's mm. visual essence, so to speak. Mm. Mm. I enjoyed all the visuals in Golden Gate Park. There were so many, mm-hmm. you know, beautiful moving images mm-hmm. of San Francisco and you captured in some of the different parts. San Francisco obviously is such an iconic city and has been in so many movies, but the Golden Gate Park element and the kind of grittiness and rawness of mm-hmm. your film, I felt was captured in such a really cool way that I was very proud mm-hmm. of you all. So really kudos to the kudos to the film, kudos to independent mm-hmm. film. I mm-hmm. love that it premiered uh, in the Roxy. Uh, it was just Thank so you. fun. But uh, And I got to be there and ask you all questions. So I, I, I always do like to hear people talk about uh, things that they, they learn, not in a way that's like, okay, uh, I think I asked you this question, JP, and you talked about the sex scene in the film and what you learned about how to do doing sex scenes differently and a little bit more creative and, and nuanced. And so Definitely go watch the movie, you all, and see how the sex scene was done. Aren't you peaked now? We're we're using sex to sell the movie. Why not? But uh, I love that that was what you learned. But I'm wondering, not in a regretful way, but I always like hearing filmmakers learn, what would you do different next time? And this is for all of you, you know, actors, DP. What things did you kind of go, you know what, next time I will do this differently? And I'm talking to myself, too, as a filmmaker. I, I know I can always improve and I can get better at scheduling and storyboarding and 
so many things, you know, I, I keep a running list so that next time I do my work, I can go back and go, okay, what did you learn that you want to do different? I toss that out. Whoever wants to start, what's something, whether it's an actor in preparation or, you know, working with your camera crew, Daniel, uh, what did you learn that you would do different next time and frame it in a way that's a tip for our other filmmakers that are watching and listening? What could they learn from what you learned? Who wants oh, to go sorry. first? I'll give, it, I'll give a tip for yeah. you. <laughs> I would say that whatever that you, you know, you feel like uh, the mistake was you made that you should, before you move on, you should take that mistake and try to transform it into something else that is effective for the film before you move, <laughs> move through that film, uh, which is what happened to us more, more often than not, we'd have an error say that helped that happened in the film, or maybe I made a mistake as a director um, or um, something happened that went wrong. And I always view those as an, as, an opportunity and it doesn't always work out that way. That's sort of an idealistic way to look at it. But in the case of this film, we definitely had a couple of scenes that uh, something went wrong, very wrong. And I could have continued to try to correct them or get, be upset about the mistake that I'd made or just try to fix it in editing. But instead we decided to entirely transform the situation because of that mistake mm -hmm. and uh, try to, uh, and it turned out to be uh, more effective than the original idea. So that's my little, Right on. Do you have? Can you? Yeah. Do you have a specific? Like, what did that look like? Was it a technical or more emotional? What did that look like? Uh, let's. Uh, for example, we had a scene, and there's uh, a scene in the, that is not in the film that uh, I felt like I did was not effective in pulling it off, uh, and it was a very important scene that we had worked up to. And um, you know, I, I could have tried to reshoot it. Uh, the actors were perfectly game for that. Um, but as I thought through it, I, I had an instinctive feeling that there was a, a better way to solve it. And so we solved it in a visual way, which you see um, in the latter part of the film. There's a scene basically where you're going back and the, the character is searching for the other character. And you see places they've been before. And that was not in the original script. That was a solution to that problem and that missing. That's wow. <laughs> I love that part. That's like one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. <laughs> So it's, it's, so power, it's so powerful and it's so beautiful too. Uh, oh, oh, that's I love hearing that. I didn't know that. Sorry, <laughs> okay. that's a good I'm tip. A little Thanks, excited. Yeah. Very yeah. Good. I love being able to find those things in the edit that you go, Oh my gosh, cut this out and do this, and boom, you solved it. It's great. Love it. What about actors? What comes to mind for you? Oh Lord! I oh. feel like the thing is the thing I'm still working on. That, that then I go, oh yeah, I'm gonna work on that. And then it's like, oh shit! I just shot a movie, and I'm like, I did it again. And and it's when the when it comes too close to home, I control things too much, and so um, I, it's kind of hard to explain. But the closer I feel to something personal, I find myself resisting a little bit and controlling. Um, and so um, I, I felt that. I felt that in, in a couple of ways. And so it's just an exercise of, of, of continuing to let go of my own self and, and my own uh, stuff. And I'm still so young and new at this, but, but it's definitely something that I'm, I continually am, am thinking about just a little more freedom for myself. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Allison. Um, yeah. Thanks, Allison. Um, I think for me, I, there's a scene where we did, my character is seducing Allison's ca character and I um, actually drank real wine. <laughs> uh, nice. We were out in the restaurant. Um, bad idea. Bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I literally just had two sips because um, we had to order real wine in the restaurant for us to get a table. And, and then I couldn't, um, 
I think you could see in the film, my face was like bright red because of the Asian gene, you know, like it's just like <laughs> glowing. And I just like, oh my God, it felt like I had like five shots of whiskey, even though I only had two you know, sips of wine. So that's, that's something we'll never do again. On a film. Don't drink Ever. wine while acting. Yeah. So unprofessional. Oh my God. <laughs> Those little things you think, you know, yeah. don't drink milk either, friends. I've done that. Not, not smart. <laughs> not good. Daniel, give us some uh, thoughts around working in San Francisco as a cinematographer. Uh, it's often been labeled as a difficult city to shoot a film in. Mm -hmm. But I know you are a very small and tight knit crew, so that helps. But what yeah. did you learn that you would do differently? Yeah, I, I love working in San Francisco. I think uh, working on independent productions uh, has been absolutely um, mind blowing in many ways. The, the things that we've achieved, uh, the images that we've caught, I don't think we could have done on a commercial shoot. And I think that's partly um, because we sort of embrace the city in all of its uh, craziness and randomness. Um, and that we're not uh, just going into using San Francisco as a backdrop for uh, something that a production that we put up in front of it. We're actually in the city shoot, mm -hmm. and the city is existing around us and doing its thing around and through shot. Um, and so, um, what I try to do is turn up with as open a mind as possible. I know the script, I know the shots that we're trying to get, but then uh, to look at everything else as, and I, I think echoing a bit of uh, what JP said, I mean, I do see everything that happens as an opportunity. Early on, I remember trying to control things a lot more than I do now. And it's sort of um, when you look at any film that I've worked on, and especially with JP, because JP has a, a very collaborative process that I really appreciate. Um, there's there's things that happen on camera that um, ultimately make the shots much better than I could have possibly imagined, because uh, the world has introduced elements that I couldn't have imagined, and we've worked with those elements to to make the shots that you see. Um, and the this film is. Of, is full of that whether it's the uh, the fog blowing past a lamp uh mm -hmm. whether it's the uh, a duck wandering into a lake uh there are things that uh if we try to grip hold of it with both hands and control it completely we would have not got any of that magic um and uh, i think that's really important in uh, a film like this where the park is a character in the film and that character has to be able to breathe and have its presence and um, you know, have its, its own complexity and not be sort of polished, have all the edges polished off by us wanting to sort of force our vision of the park on it. Um, and uh, moving from this um, film, I think I've, I'm, next time I do something, I'm gonna try and embrace the uh what's going on in the low contrast areas um mm. so that the dark uh moving away from higher contrast to uh lower contrast stuff there's certain things in the park where if you uh, especially on the big screen was a beautiful 
experience because there are things mm -hmm. I had literally not seen before in the film that I saw for the first time on a big screen because it's in the foliage, it's mm. under the trees, mm. it's uh, it's things that we, you can't see on anything that isn't twenty feet wide, mm -hmm. and uh, and so it's uh, that really there are a couple of little pieces in there where I was really um, surprised, uh, and uh, and I, I wanted to try and purposely capture more of that in future. Awesome. Awesome. It was all so beautiful and well done. I'm really curious, though. This is for Daniel and JP. Can you talk to me about the use of color? And, and also, Kathy, uh, the use of red, I thought, was really prominent and really was another strong part of the story. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Well, was it intentional? one part that comes to mind that we love uh, to talk about, actually, are the coats in the, in the film. Uh, because, and that was, a, you just showed a coat right there that was a particular <laughs> thing. Um, the uh, character Joni, the, the actor's not here today, Aaron Mailing Stewart, um, had a series of, uh, as you can see here, coats mm -hmm. worn within the piece. We had a specific meaning to in our own little world. Uh, and as the characters progressed in terms of their intimacy, her coats mm -hmm. changed and the colors changed, uh, suggesting different emotions and situations that they're going through. So that's one of uh, our favorite things uh, mm -hmm. that we worked on. Color. Yes. Color yes. So I loved it. I love that. And I'm curious, were there any influences from the movie It? A little horror element. The ball gave me that feeling at the end when Kim has, well, she has a red ball throughout the film. And I got a little vibe at the end. And I don't want to give anything away because the, the premise of this story is so wild. You don't know where it's going. You have to watch till the end. I, I can't even really put my finger on what genre it is because it's, it's so intense and sensual and you, you can't just say it's this or that or it's a horror movie, but I felt like there were some elements towards the end. The red ball gave me the red balloon vibes from it. And so I was curious if there were any of those influences in there. Uh, well, I love, I mean, I love that idea. <laughs> but uh, I don't, I didn't consciously do that. Certainly that, that the red ball comes from a many, many years ago of a, a, a kind of a family story that is similar to what's portrayed in the film itself. But it, uh, but it was meant, as, as you suggest, actually, though, to be uh, foreboding. Uh, it's particularly in that mm -hmm. one of the scenes where it appears out of nowhere. I won't, again, I won't give too much away either. But it definitely had a specific meaning, uh, as you suggest. <laughs> okay, I love that. And Kim's wearing red today. <laughs> this is, yeah, very good, you guys. I love the layering <laughs> in. And the red rose, when you have on the leather jacket, I love that too. So I love those little details, and I love hearing like the stories behind them. And I, I have to, I have you all here, you have to talk to me about your approach for the intimate scenes. I mean, they were so authentic that, you know, for me, I, a scene is really good if I'm like looking away, if I feel like should, oh, I really shouldn't be watching this because it, it, and that's how the scenes felt to me. They were so sensual and so they felt so real. Can you talk to me about your approach, how you pulled those scenes off? Um, is this for me <laughs> or is this for everyone? Uh, so this is for every, yeah, for everyone. Was yeah. there an intimacy coordinator? Uh, how how did you guys decide how this was going to be done so that everyone felt comfortable and that you were able to capture something that felt very real, very authentic? Mm, thank you. Do you want to answer that, Kim? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I mean, first of all, like Erin uh, is a she's a a dancer and. Um, and actually, JP, you're you're a dancer, you're a ballet dancer. Oh my gosh. Um, I just, 
I just uh, I just loved how you guys came up with this creative way of being intimate without actually you know showing mm -hmm. skin and it's you you have the same <laughs> essence and the feelings you can come out that comes out of a romantic um, chemistry connection without actually you know showing it and I love that part of it and um, and uh, so JP and um, and Aaron actually uh, sort of guided me through some movements and I think you guys choreographed simple movements that that were so lovely and sensual and it was just a play really I mean that we didn't have a you know somebody coordinating whatever it was just we were just playing with different movements and um, and and just embodying it's a similar to acting in a role in a part I mean in a moment where you're really in love with truly in love with someone I mean it's the same mm -hmm. bringing the same molecules of energy into it you know but just different movements so it it didn't really wasn't really any different for me but I love the approach that JP and and Kathy took with it with I love scene. that JP you didn't tell us you were a dancer what yeah right <laughs> I have not looking that way right now but uh, I did it a while back ballet ballet Okay. I don't think anyone has ever referenced a dance background into adding an element for how to coordinate an intimacy scene that made it look so fluid and wonderful that it felt like a dance. So that's beautiful. Well, we were concerned, you know, I think I said this to Tony uh, at the Roxy that, uh, you know, we were just trying to find a creative way to do it that was more, uh, more honest, essentially, mm -hmm. you know, that, that and in a strange way, the more uh, slightly abstract we made it, the more honest I felt it became. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and that's hard to do. It's, you know, and I think exploring intimacy on screen is very difficult. Uh, and typically it feels, when I watch it, sometimes it feels like it's connecting, other times it feels cliched or forced. And we were just determined that the relationships was so important that we had to find some way to find the inner world of the characters uh, and, and make that external. Well, Very you nice. all can yeah. go and watch Girl in Golden Gate Park on Amazon.com. You can rent it. Uh, you can see there, and we encourage you to do that. We're uh, and I also just, a, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I quickly, yeah. I just want to say I really enjoyed my intimacy, scene, intimate scenes with Allison. <laughs> with Allison, it was, it was, it, she was so open and like lovely, and it felt so like just warm, and it was so. I really enjoy doing those things with you. Okay, that sounds really weird. You're so sweet. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I really enjoyed watching them. So now people who haven't seen the film are like, how many intimacy scenes do you have? Jeez. Okay, go see the film, right? Just intimacy scenes. I wouldn't call Ms. more intimate. I think that was Jean's influence, right? Like, she was the, that's what her character did for, you know, the impenetrable, right? Like, she, she broke her down a little bit and, and you know, had her be a little more vulnerable. Anywho, sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. I, I'll, as a yeah, that's good. so as a audience member, I was telling JP at the party too. I tried to just you know take my filmmaker hat off, like just enjoy the film, uh, and it was hard in a good way because I like I want to know like how that was done, and so I, I want to ask a few quick questions on that. But as an audience member, I'll tell you, I really I did thoroughly enjoy the film uh, because of the San Francisco vibe. The acting was really great. The the, the small mm -hmm. intimate nature of it, but also there's a uh, you know, you talked about it as a love letter to San Francisco, which I definitely think it is. Mm -hmm. But it's also like this poking, provocative 
advocating letter to San Francisco, like get, get it together because lives are being impacted and, and mm -hmm. it's not always positive. And I really appreciated that tension. I totally agree with Christina that uh, the genre bending was really fun to watch. I love a thriller. I love a good mystery. And there was these elements in it and you, you set things up, you, they paid off. And uh, yeah, I just thoroughly enjoyed it, which leads me to some of the filmmaker mm -hmm. questions because uh, I know a little backstory from being connected to Allison. I want to hear how many days did you film mm -hmm. and what was the schedule <laughs> like? I know that was that's not an easy question to answer, but try to make it a short response. What was it like and how many days? Uh, I never counted the entire number of days. We work in a very slow way. We worked for over a year and a half on it. So mm -hmm. we try to just go scene by scene to as, make them as good as possible. Once we've got what we want, then we move forward. Uh, but I would guess probably 30, 40 days on it. Which that is mind boggling to me to think about the continuity and consistency just in people's looks over the course of a year now. Like that's so difficult. I would I want to talk more about that, but we don't have time. But OK, uh, uh, Daniel, what did you film on and what was your crew like? I know you had a small crew. So give us that uh, the picture of what things looked like behind the scenes. Yeah, it was a very small crew. Uh, yeah. So. Um we had a series of cameras, the two main systems, there was the Canon 5D and we had a GH4. Um, the, um, and then a, a, a pretty classic set of uh, Zeiss prime lenses that we used on both sets of cameras. Um, I was generally the only person on camera. Uh, JP would potentially cover other cameras. This was a multi-camera shoot. Um, we tried to make it not look like that because uh, uh, otherwise it can end up looking a lot like TV. Um, um, well, I think I'm missing a bit of a question. Uh, that suffices. What yeah. What did you shoot on and who was behind camera? You oh, yeah, yeah. So, well, we had uh, the uh, Bob Alvin on lights. Um, and we had um, uh, John Dole on sound, mm -hmm. and that was usually it. Um, as far, so um, everybody was helping out. JP was carrying gear, Kim was carrying gear. <laughs> you know, it was very small um, as far as people, uh, but you know, with the the gear that we had and with some of the more modern tools like we had uh, in a dolly and we had a steady cam but they are new they're newer they're not the classic hollywood things that you need the trip to lug around uh, yeah. and so we were able to move fairly quickly and be quite pl flexible with the environments that we're in and uh yeah and that combined with a bit of ingenuity meant that we could get pretty much everything that we wanted and uh, not have uh you know to, and also be re respectful of the city and park as well mm -hmm. at the same time uh, because it, with bigger on commercial shoots when you, when you've got a lot of people and a lot of equipment uh, you you do tend to tread on a lot of toes you know uh, which so is my last question for y'all did you do did you have permits or are all these things stolen if you want to admit that i'm it's curious it's being recorded <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> we, did, we did what we did. 
<laughs> we did what we did. I like it. It's, it's a great indie brave maker type of way. I'm very inspired. Mm. I tend to find myself in crews that just all of a sudden have like 15 and 20 people. And you are reminding me, you don't have to have that many people. You can do it, do it small and do it well. And you definitely mm -hmm. did. So huge kudos to you. Yeah. Uh, please go rent, uh, the, uh, just rent Girl in Golden Gate yeah. Park on mm -hmm. Amazon. Find it on all the places. It's other places as well. If you've got the Roku's and all that kind of thing, right? So uh, we'll put this in the, the chat as well as in, if you're listening on the audio version it will be in our show notes but please support independent film coffee and mm -hmm. language this was really great thank you so much to everybody for being a part of it hopefully we can find ways to collaborate we want to be making more connections and whether it's you know casting people and co-producing projects and facilitating these types of conversations christina and i and brave maker we love it this is an important thank thing. thank you and so much Heck yeah. yeah. Yes, and thank we, you. And thank we'd you. be remiss if we didn't invite you to come on March 24th to our premiere yes. of Last Chance Charlene, starring Allison Ewing, as well as Christina Ray Jackson, March 24th in Redwood City, California. All right. Well, now it's time for our lightning round. Everybody gets 30 seconds to share one thing. Here we go. Is it called our Brave Faves? Brave Faves. TV shows, films, books, songs, technology, clothing, podcast, food, and more these are a few of our favorite people places and things brave faves okay i'll jump in with my brave faves so i love fashion i love the runway shows i just put them on and let them run in the back on mute while i'm writing or doing anything and i got to see the gucci love parade show and if you have not seen it race over to youtube Type in Gucci Love Parade. It is such a stunning, beautiful, inspiring show. And I think you'll really enjoy it. And that is my brave fave. And I'll throw it over to uh, Tony. Right oh, here on. we go. Yeah, it, it's so beautiful. I just, I watched it a few times now. I got some inspiration for some cosplay looks, naturally. Uh, it's And it's just a beautiful show if you enjoy fashion shows and runway and all these kinds of glitz and glam of hollywood it's a very a glamorous collection this year what i think was so fun about that is, is it was innovative it's just on the street you know you can do yeah i do love that show, too right? yeah right. So i've never cool. seen that before so cool all right well my brave fave uh is the haunting of bly manor by mike flanagan it's on netflix uh, I think I faved his Midnight Mass a few weeks ago uh, because it was amazing. But this, oh my gosh, if you like thrillers, you know, I, I might call it um, horror, uh, but it's not as super gory horror as you might imagine. And I just thought it's a great example of how the power of storytelling, the power of um, thrillers can also be healing and dealing with your trauma and all the way these people coalesced in this really haunting, scary looking mansion. Anytime you go to an old mansion, you know, something is going to happen. Like get out of there, but they <laughs> all <dog>. stayed, <laughs> they all stayed and it Why was great. So, <laughs> right. Exactly. Why do those dolls look like they're faded from the sun, but yeah, they have veins popping out. Who plays with that? Anyway, so good. Uh, Haunting of Bly Manor. I loved it. All right, I'll toss it over to you, JP and Kathy. What you got? I'll start with, um, I started back uh, commuting to work. And so I listened to podcasts, Ear Hustle. And they had a nice one on um, being, 
um, from America and being imprisoned in another country and what that's like. Mm-hmm. I love that podcast. It's just so real, you know. Right yeah, yeah, that's a great one. Ear hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw a work of art. I don't know where it is, what it is exactly, but it's at right the uh, near the Ferris wheel in Golden Gate Park, uh, and it's a um, oh, yeah. a beautiful piece of art that surrounds one of the locations where we shot. Uh, and it's very difficult to describe. Uh, is it African women? African women, yes. And uh, yes. But a lot of them, and they use it's, it's, it's incredible. That's all I got to say. Right by the Ferris <laughs> wheel in Golden style. Gate Park. Yeah. I don't, I don't right. know the name. Ferris wheel in Golden okay. Gate Park. So we're going to put it out to our brave makers. If you know what this is, Google it, share yeah. it, so we can post about this. That's great. great. Thanks, JP. All right, Daniel, what's your brave fave? What do you got? Uh, I've uh, suddenly rediscovered Art Breeder. It's a website uh, that AI powered. Looks like it's from like circa 1990, but um, yeah, it uh, allows you to take images and an AI interprets them and generates completely original things from them. And, wow! Uh, it's uh, yeah, it, it's. Uh, I, I I just find it fascinating. Yeah. That's wow. really trying cool. to figure out yeah. what the AI I sees, as it were. Yeah, and there's uh, amazing some amazing stuff on there. It's a great um, uh, inspiration tool. Like mm. there's certain things I've seen in there where I've tried to recreate it in the real world, for example. So, yeah, Art Reader is just a fantastic free. Uh, and if you've got like, uh, you know, want to fall down a rabbit hole, go there now. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Good one. I like that one. All right. Uh, Allison, what you got? Uh, this week I, uh, have been obsessed with, uh, I'm listening to the parable of the sower by Octavia Butler. It's an incredible novel that was published in 1993, but just came to me and it's fabulous. And the trial trial four on Netflix about the wrongful conviction of Sean Ellis. And I'm very excited, but I haven't seen it yet, is the Banksy exhibition. You know, the, yes. the famous artist Banksy has a the first and largest collection in San Francisco that's coming. I want to see that as well. Thank you for yes. sharing. Those are good ones. Kim, final. What good. you got? Um, I am obsessed with Santana recently. Um, just watching him interview and his authenticity and um, re- I'm reading his autobiography and it's just amazing. Like he's just so big in his heart and his soul and obviously a great artist, but a deep, deep, rich spiritual person. And um, I love how he melds together his family life, his art and his spirituality. And, um, you know, just everything he does is, is to make the world better. And I just mm-hmm. love that. I just love that so much. I love him so much. Ooh. I love you guys so much. Good Rex. Yes. I'm much taking love. notes, man. <laughs> yeah. This is going to fill your weekend, your Thanksgiving week. I hope you all have some good time to rest on Thanksgiving week. Mm-hmm. This is great. Thank you uh, so much. Huge, huge, huge kudos to you all. This was really fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we're here for you. Anything we can do to help promote, we'll push, you know, we'll be putting stuff out on social media and using some of these for mm-hmm. clips and the podcast version will be out in about a week or two. So you can share that, but really, really uh, huge uh, fans of this film and to coffee yes. and language, by the way, oh, we, I love you. coffee mm-hmm. and I love language. So, <laughs> so, right? yeah. so we're really glad uh, to be connected with you. Thanks to Allison for making it stand by you all. We'd love to have one final goodbye, but as I uh, do our outro here, uh, thank you to all of you who watch and listen and support brave maker. You know, as we go into our, uh, 
finishing off our third fiscal year of being a nonprofit organization and go into our fourth, hopefully, of 2022. Uh, a reminder that we are a nonprofit organization. We exist on the generosity of our donors and corporate sponsors, uh, our individual givers. You all make the work that we do possible from our lights to helping to create uh, the opportunities in our film and TV endeavors. We have a children's book. Uh, we're starting to create you know, a pub publishing arm. We have huge visions and we need your support. Uh, we mm -hmm. only have 21, count them, 21 uh, monthly donors and then just a few corporate sponsors and grantors. And we're looking to grow more. As you might imagine, the pandemic had a very large impact on us. So if you're able to give and become a monthly donor, go to bravemaker.com slash donate, or you can take your phone. Uh, it's, it's on the screen um, right underneath. If you're watching live uh, or on the replay, just type the word BraveMaker into a text and text that to 44321. And the word BraveMaker to 44321 will instantly give you a link on your uh, your cell phone text messaging app. We're really grateful for everyone who shows support. And if you want to sign up on our mailing list, we sometimes have free movies, free workshops. We do screenwriting classes. Mark your calendar. We'll send you all the information for March 24th, 2022 for Last Chance Charlene premiere. And fingers crossed, drum roll, we will be doing our in-person four-day film festival in the heart of Redwood City, July 7th through 10th. Yes. I was in conversation with our venues today and people seem so excited to be able to welcome us back uh into the courthouse square the san mateo county museum century 20 and maybe fox theater in redwood city so lots of fun things coming up don't miss it and we want to encourage you to come back every week if you're not subscribed on our youtube channel go do that because christine and i are chatting mm -hmm. every single week with cool people like coffee and language so that's yes, all we yeah. got <laughs> thanks, thanks to you all thank you thank guys you. so much stand by for a quick snapshot after we do our end bumper it should take 30 seconds but we always say brave stories change the world and you are the story bye everybody Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at BraveMaker.org. Like, subscribe, and share. To become a monthly donor, text the word BraveMaker to 44321 or go to BraveMaker.com slash donate. Thanks for tuning in.